Welcome to the acrolibrary.com podcast. As you can see, I've now upgraded to video. So anybody who's watching on the Facebook page will now be able to see myself and my interview guests on the screen. And of course, if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, that's still gonna be audio. So you've got both options available. And the whole purpose of this podcast is for me to interview successful acrobats and ask them questions about their career, their training, um, how they got started, ask them about their mindset, their beliefs, you know, their philosophy to, to what they've done. And hopefully we can learn interesting things that we can implement into our, our own training you know, if we want to become successful acrobats ourselves. Um, today we're in for a treat. Christine Van Lu. I'm just going to grab my phone and, and read out her list of accomplishments. She's a champion elite athlete, accomplished performer, master instructor, and motivational keynote speaker. She's Olympic Female Athlete of the Year, seven-time national champion, and member of the US Acro Gymnastics team. Athlete of the Decade, Christine has performed in nearly 30 countries as an aerialist and acrobat, everywhere from the Sydney Opera House to the Kennedy Center. She's performed with Paul McCartney's tour, opening for over 100,000 people at a time, Cirque du Soleil's press launch for Zumanity, 80 feet off of a nine-story building from a hot air balloon. She's performed at the Olympics, two Grammy Awards and the American Music Awards. She's a trainer on NBC's Celebrity Circus. She's choreographed aerial performances for Britney Spears World Tour and the Stars on Ice US Tour. She's coached world champion competitive theatrical dance pairs. She's a co-owner of Airborne Arts, which is an aerial retreat center in Costa Rica. She teaches masterclasses worldwide. She's initiated acro gymnastics programs in Japan. She's a producer of Secrets of the Circus instruction DVDs. Christine has a contagious passion for, to motivate and empower those around her, delivering content-rich, inspirational keynote speeches and interactive workshops. She excels at teaching women strategies that expand their sense of identity and erase limitations so that they can achieve their wildest dreams. Thanks for joining us today, Christine. How are you? Thank you so much for helping, having me here. <laughs> well, it's really my pleasure. Let's start with the motivation stuff. So um, tell us about that. What's going on with that? Okay, well, um, it's my newest venture. Um, I've been doing it for a couple years now. It started by my car breaking down, <laughs> and I went to get my car fixed, and I had to sit around for like three or four hours, and I was talking with this guy who was asking me about my career, and I was telling him how I was an aerialist and an acrogymnast and so forth, and he asked me if I would come to speak to some kids at the Mission, which is a place in L.A. on Skid Row. It's a, basically a homeless shelter, and every Monday he has something called Mondays at the mission and he has people come and talk to inspire the kids and he has he's had Elon Musk come and talk and actors and directors and all of you know many different types of people and I went and I gave a speech to the kids and then I taught them a class and I did a show for them and it was I just felt so good because my I feel like my mission in life is to inspire people whether it's through performing or teaching or speaking and I just felt like wow this is more of my purpose, you know, that I'm giving. And so I have been writing speeches and giving speeches all over the country now, and I'm, I'm loving it so much. And who specifically, what, what audiences do you cater for? Is it circus people or yeah. business? Or? No, not necessarily. Um, I have done it for circus people, of course, because that's my, my, my world. But I've also given it to abused women shelters and to, I'm about to do one, a speech in uh, Fort Worth, Texas to a male business group. Um, so 
and I've done it to community centers around Costa Rica and aerial studios and um, chamber of commerces and lots of different venues. So mm. I'm totally open. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious, who are your spiritual or inspirational um, um uh, oh, I'm lost for words. Who, who do you look up to? Who, who are your authors? I mean, uh, I've been to Tony Robbins seminars and John Demartini, yeah. and you know, I, I, I'm for a long time I've been into things like that. So, who's your sources? I have quite a few, actually. Um, I do also listen to Tony Robbins. I think he's great. Um, as a speaker, I really like Les Brown, um, mm -hmm. and I like Lisa Nichols, and. Um, I like Oprah Winfrey. I know she's not a speaker, but she's really smart. Of course. Um, uh, there's lots of people. I like Jack Canfield, who wrote the Chicken Soup for the Souls books, Soul books. Um, oh my gosh, I could go on and on. So many people that I listen to. I'm like, I'm listening right now to Simon Sinek, who I think is brilliant. Okay. I've not heard that so, name. What's, what's, his, what's he, his message? He talks about a lot of things. Um, he talks about leadership and he talks about the reason to find your, that if you have something that you want to put into the world, that you need to fi find your why first, not what am I doing or how can this help people, but why am I doing this? And basically that's the core of where you should start from. He talks about a lot more than that, but <laughs> yeah, that's of one of his really good TED Talk speeches, so. So tell us about the retreat center in Costa Rica. How did it start? How long have you been running it? And what kind of activities yeah. do you offer? Absolutely. Well, my husband, um, he was co-founder of Trapeze School New York, which is the largest school of flying trapeze in the world. And he sold it to his business partners. And of course, one of the stipulations in the agreement is you can't open up another trapeze school for at least five years. And we thought, but that's his passion. So we thought, well, where else could we go that we'd be happy? And we love Costa Rica. We actually looked all around the world first. We looked. We even put a bid on a property in South Africa. We looked in Italy and France and Ecuador. And but we ended up this. This ended up being the best place for us. And we bought a property. It's so spectacular. I want to kind of show you it from our bedroom. This is our bedroom right here. If I look to my right, I see a 600-foot waterfall. If I look to my left, I see the ocean. And if I look to the center, I see a valley of like layer upon layer, like five to seven layers of mountains with Gosh. toucans flying around. Go ahead, show <laughs> you us. Wanna, you want to yeah, sure. see? Okay. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of the photos on Facebook, but oh, wow. See if you can see the waterfall. It's a little bit cloudy right now because it's rainy season, but here's the waterfall. Look can at you this. see it? And oh, there's a yeah. flying trapeze down below it. I don't know what you're able to see right now. I can see it, yeah. So that's that. Here's... It's quite a cloudy day, so you won't be able to see too much today. And in the distance, if it wasn't cloudy, you would see the ocean. Oh, my God. But it's really beautiful here. I, I and we hear howler monkeys, and it's beautiful. <laughs> and there's an outdoor pool. We're very lucky. I, I saw on the photos. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'll show you that. There's an outdoor pool. There's an outdoor cocina, like an outdoor kitchen. Uh -huh. That's wonderful. <laughs> what a lovely place oh and i don't you can't see too well but down there is my open air aerial studio and you we have um so there's a flying trapeze which my husband teaches and then i have a giant open air aerial studio where i teach aerial artistry and hand-to-hand -hand acrobatics and sometimes we have salsa classes and oh, yoga wow. yeah and, and so who's attending is this local people or are people flying in from around the world to come and train 
people, yeah, people flying in from around the world. We have retreats and we also have people just coming to stay with us throughout the year. And we have just people coming to take classes, every different option of that. So, yeah, it's how, really fun. Now, how much accommodation is there? Like how many people can you cater for at once? Um, I believe we can accommodate between 17 and 20 something, 20, I can't remember exact number right now, 21 or 23. Um, we have, uh, well, our room can, we can rent out our room, which is the master suite, which is pretty spectacular. I don't know if you can see, but it has <laughs> pitched ceilings and <laughs> anyhow. That's wonderful. Um, we can rent out our room. There's a guest room downstairs. Below the aerial studio, there's a room that sleeps five. And we have three glamping tents that are 16 by 16 feet mm. um, that can sleep four eight, So. Oh, yeah. I saw some of the pictures of those. Yeah, they look wonderful. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess there's people coming and going every week, is there? Um, it varies. Right now it's low season, so not too many people. But the high season is normally January through March, April. And then we have quite a few retreats and people just coming Wonderful. Yeah. That's really exciting. I, I mean, it is. maybe I'll get there one day. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd love it. And there's so many beautiful adventures to do around here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wonderful. That's great. Okay, so how did your gymnastic or acrobatic career begin? What age were you? How did it happen? I was eight. Um, I was driving my parents crazy because I was hyperactive. <laughs> so my dad always says it was a it was the choice between acrobatics and Ritalin or Ritalin. So <laughs> they uh, put me in the sport when I was eight, and um, they said I had to stay in it for at least six months, and then I could quit. But I fell in love with it. I still love it, so I've never quit. And, so. and you've achieved. Um, tell us about the the Olympic stuff. You, I, I forgot exactly. I was reading Sorry. your list of accomplishments. It's really hard to remember everything you've done, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you, you're a seven. <laughs> you're a seven time champion uh, acro uh, gymnast. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm seven time national that. champion. Yeah, I'm seven time national champion acro gymnast. I was a mixed pair, which is boy girl um, partnering act. Mm -hmm. Um. I competed World Championships, World Cup every year while I represented the United States. Um, I am athlete of the decade. I was selected by my federation. I was athlete of the decade. Um, our sport is competitive is not competitive in the Olympics yet, but it is considered an Olympic sport. So we um, we are under the gymnastics branch, and they did select me female Olympic athlete of the year um, one year. So <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I've that too, and. Let's see. I think I was the first person to ever win a medal at World Cup when I was 14. Wow. Incredible. I, <laughs> I, I feel totally underqualified to interview you, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really part of the circus world. I'm somebody, I'm very much a, a hobbyist in terms of my hand balancing. You know, I, uh, I started four sure. or five years ago and I've been well, teaching beginner classes. Yeah. I mean, I aspire to perform eventually one day, but I'm not really there yet. That's, that's still a work in progress. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, um, so in terms of performing, I, I see that you've opened for big shows all over the world. And so, so what's your schedule like in terms of traveling and performing? How does that work? Um, it varies. Um, sometimes I'm gone every weekend to do shows somewhere in the world. Right now it's been a little bit more like once or twice a month. Um, and I go, I do, I travel mostly in the United States and Canada, but I I do go out of the country several times a year. Like this January, I'll be in Japan for the full the full month of January. I'm going to be in Hong Kong and Malaysia a bit later in the year. Um, 
last year I was traveling in Australia, was maybe South Africa too, but maybe that was the year before. Anyhow, we travel quite a lot. So I probably am gone a quarter to sometimes half of the year, but more of a quarter of the year mm. performing. And what kind of acts are you doing? What is your act? What kind yeah. of shows is it? Well, the shows are typically most of my work, and I am a freelance contractor, so this does vary, and I'm open for business if you guys know of any shows. Um, but I do very often sh do shows with live symphony orchestras. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole orchestra on stage playing classical music, and I'll do my aerial acts in the front. And I typically do two acts per show, and they do vary. I'll do maybe cordelis, which is the aerial rope act, mm -hmm. or static silk act, or duo flying silk act. Um, or Cerso, which is the steel hoop that spins and flies around the room. Mm. Um, lots of duo trapeze, you know, I, whatever, but I always do two, two acts per show. Right. And so this could be for any kinds of shows, because it not, it's not with one um, particular circus. It, it could be for any corporate event, could it? Well, actually, these shows are always with symphony orchestras and oh, theatres, and it's with one particular company. It's called Cirque de la Symphony. Mm -hmm. um, but I do freelance for other companies as well mm. for corporate shows and whatever. Yeah, whatnot. And what I'll try and do is grab some, if there's some footage on YouTube or something, I'll try and grab it and, and then I can edit it into our interview so people can see um, you performing whilst yeah. we're talking. Um, That'd so, be great. So I'm really curious about your training regiment. Um, how has it changed over the years? How did it start off? You know, what, what's it like now? How many hours a day are you training? You know, um, give us some insight yeah. into that. Okay. Well, it's changed a lot. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I trained, well, I trained probably six hours a day for 11 years, not including going to school full time. Full time. So I was pretty busy. Um, half of that training was dance because I went to performing arts high school as well. So I went to two high schools at the same time, an academic school half a day, a performing arts high, half a day where I went, where I studied ballet, modern jazz, so forth. And then I came home, I had about an hour to eat and finish my homework. And then I trained three hours a night and that went on for years. Um, and it's funny cause I can't actually imagine training that much now, mm -hmm. but for me, that was the norm. Um, now it's just maintenance. Basically, uh, I'm, I do have a routine every day for maintenance. It, it actually depends on what I'm trying to accomplish. If I'm just maintaining myself, my strength and my flexibility, then my normal regimen is I wake up in the morning and I'll put on like a podcast or something and I'll run for 20 minutes and then I'll do squats and plies and I'll do yoga for about 20 minutes. And then I'll do overstretching, like over splits and back bends mm -hmm. and stretching out my shoulders and so forth. And then I'll go down to the silks down the hill where I showed you. And I'll climb the fabric three times in a row. And I'll do um, straddle inversions, which are basically holding onto the silk and inverting one side and then the other side. And then the other side, 10 times in a row without stopping mm. to get your... You know, basically, it's a full body workout. Right. Um, and that's that's my maintenance act. If I now, if I'm trying to create a new routine or learn new tricks, that would be an addition, additional training sure. uh, time for that. So. And how much time do you spend teaching versus performing? Are you doing a lot of teaching? Mm, I am doing a lot of teaching. What I'm doing. I actually, what I've been doing for the last few years is, whenever I know I'm going out of town to do a show. I'll contact aerial studios, yoga yoga studios, dance gyms, 
or dance studios um, and gymnastics gyms within a two-hour driving radius. And I'll tell them, this is who I am. This is what I teach. I'm going to be in town these days prior to and these days after this show if you'd like to hire me to teach a workshop. Or, right. or a seminar. And I've been booking quite a lot of things because of that, a lot of te- classes because of that. Mm. Like, for example, I, my next show I told you is in Dallas, Fort Worth, or in Fort Worth, Texas. I have four workshops and a private class booked right before and after oh, that wow. workshop. That's that great. Show. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, it's been working out nicely. I mean, I, I can relate. Uh, my career sort of teaching handstands has just begun in the last couple of years, and I, I really enjoy it. And actually, just this year, yeah. I've started branching out and traveling f- further afield, just within England, but just, you know, out of my home city of Bristol and, and traveling around the country. And it's really fun. It's so yeah. nice uh, meeting yeah. people around the country. And, and um, yeah, so I've really been ramping things up. Like, uh, at first, I was just booking up one workshop. Now I'll try and do two in a day you know one town and then another town you know like an hour away or something and uh i'm loving it exactly it's great, it's great fun it's so fun isn't it mm-hmm. i love sh- i love sharing because for me my passion is i told you is performing speaking teaching but what i aerial artistry and acrobatics is so fun and when you're able to share that with other people and watch them get excited and I don't know. There's just nothing better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what advice do you have for people in terms of career, people, people that might be, you know, aspire to be um, successful circus performers? What's your advice career-wise? Oh, gosh. Um, I have lots of different advice, um, depending on well, whether it's training or marketing yourself. Um, the first thing you have to do is just believe that you can get there. That's the, the one thing that holds us back in life is not our lack of intelligence or our resources or our opportunities. It's always believing in ourselves. So you got to get yourself to believe in yourself. I have some ideas on how to do that, but, <laughs> but that's the first thing I could talk about that in a minute. But, um, and then marketing wise, what happened to me, and this is also about believing in yourself. When I first became an aerialist, um, I didn't have any contacts. So I had the best promo video that I could afford made. I had that made. And then I started contacting entertainment agencies and I probably contacted a hundred agencies. And I think I got one call back, but I was so excited for that one call back and they actually gave me a job, a single job. I did that job. Those people referred me to other people. They referred me to other people. And now it's all I've done for years and years now. So don't be discouraged if you send out a hundred promos and only get one call back. You know, like that, those are sometimes the numbers. Mm. So, yeah, you have yeah. to be tenacious. Um, is there any new and emerging sort of trends or styles in circus? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what I'm asking you now because it's not really an area that I'm knowledge knowledgeable on. But um, I mean, you know, what are the what are the new acts that you look up to or are inspired by or um, What's going on in circus right now? Um, I was going to, I thought you were going to ask a different question, so I had a different answer. Actually, my, my question, to, to be honest, was a complete uh, car crash. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I asked you. Um. I will answer a question I thought you were going to ask. Go for it. Um, what I was going to say is that when I first started, people could specialize in a certain act. Like, for example, they could be an amazing trapeze artist, static trapeze artist. But now I think it's more important to be multi-talented, like the more acts you are able to do well, the more likely you are better. You are going to get a job. 
Um, and that's changed over the years for me. So when I first started, I had one act and then I had two acts and now I have nine acts, <laughs> you know, but the more acts you have, the, the more useful you are to the company that wants to hire you in the show. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, who have been your teachers over the course of your career? Um, tell us mm-hmm. about who you've learned from. Okay. Well, my background, like I said, was in acrogymnastics or sports acrobatics. Um, I had a Russian coach and a Polish coach at first from that, that basically defected to, to the United States. And my Russian coach started ac- sports acrobatics in, this, in the United States. Um, I trained with them for years. And then my last coach was a, a woman named Pam Isaacson, who was one of their students. And she was amazing, too. Technically, she was a great coach. She was really small. So I was always scared when she was spotting me because she was littler than me. <laughs> but she was a great coach. Um, as an aerialist, um, I have not had a lot of trainers as an aerialist. And I don't recommend this. But when I first got into aerial artistry, there were not that many people teaching it. So I was basically my own guinea guinea pig. The way I got into it was I was performing for an entertainment agency and I was kind of just a background cast member doing dancing and so forth. And one day the entertainment agency asked me if I'd be willing to learn three basic aerial tricks for an upcoming show they wanted to choreograph me into. And I was super excited because that's really what I wanted to do. So I started coming, driving four hours from Orlando to Miami, where I was living at the time in Orlando, um, to train in this 110-degree warehouse. And I was training with an old acrobatic teammate of mine named Michael McPherson, who had just quit Cirque du Soleil. Um, he taught me three tricks, and I ended up doing, doing that background act with that show, and then I kind of left that show after a while. And I had to teach myself aerial artistry, basically, on my own. And I don't recommend it to anybody. It's not a good idea. It's just that was there were no options when I was first starting. So I was my own guinea pig. I remember one time, in fact, uh, it was called Aerial Silks at the time, which is still called that. And so I bought silk fabric because that's what I thought it was. It's not silk fabric. <laughs> and I literally set myself on fire doing a slack drop <laughs> because oh. it was the wrong kind of fabric. <laughs> Are you kidding? Is, <laughs> no. it, is it not silk? You know, okay. No, it's called Trico. It's in oh. the same family as chiffon. Like It's like lingerie fabric, basically. Oh, really? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always presumed it was silk. It was silk. I guess a lot of people do. Yeah. I guess you did. <laughs> it sounds nice, but it's not silk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what are your goals for the future? What are you working on? Oh, gosh, I have so many goals. I'm a goal person. Yeah, me I, too. Um, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I write affirmations like... every day and affirmations and yeah. goals every morning. Same here, same here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the speaking thing, the motivational speaking thing is my biggest goal right now. I really want to push that. I want that to become a, much more part of my career. Um, so I've been marketing myself a lot at that, working a lot of my speeches, practicing, memorizing my speeches and, and finding ways to express myself better. Um, I'm learning, I'm learning, well, I, I do speak French, but not fluently, fluently yet. So I'm working on becoming fluent in French. Um, what else? Oh, I'm, I just bought a static trapeze. So in September, I'm going to start doing a static trapeze act and a single point act with the, the points together mm-hmm. so I can spin. Uh, I have some traveling goals. I want to go to Cambodia and Thailand and Bur- Burma this year. 
um, with my husband. Mm-hmm. And, and is he an acrobat as well? He's a flying trapeze artist. All right. Yeah, and he also is, is a musician, and he's a businessman, and he's super smart, and he's really cute. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on and on. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, how, how did you meet each other? Um, well, we, while we were living in Los Angeles, well, he moved to Los Angeles from New York, and uh, he opened up a flying trapeze school on the Santa Monica Pier, and a mutual friend of ours who has an aerial studio for kids, where I was teaching, she met him, and they did some business things together and became friends, and she just had this feeling that we belonged together. So without telling either of us, she got together with his employees and made sure that we were in the same place at the same time, and then everybody spied on us and watched what happened. So I'm glad I asked. <laughs> that was a good story. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And do, do you perform any acts together? Does he travel with you when you go around the world? He does travel with me when I go to places like South Africa or Australia or some place that he really wants to go. But normally, I just travel alone. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I had a question in my mind. I, th I think I just lost it. I, I, you're, we were talking about your goals, weren't we? Yeah, I love setting goals. It's super fun. Um, I could tell you a story about believing in yourself. Oh, go ahead. So um, this is kind of the beginning of my speech. So have you ever quit or avoided doing something because you thought you weren't good enough? Oh, yeah. Well, what if I were to – have you ever – I'm just going to – I'm asking you that. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever done that? Like, I must have okay. done, yeah. Well, what if I were to tell you that you're not good enough? You're not strong enough, talented enough experienced enough, skilled enough, you're just not good enough. But that that is okay, because no one is good enough until they are. And I want to tell you this story about my friend Yevgeny Marchenko. He was um, training in an intense master of sport acrogymnastics training program in Riga, Russia, where he's from. Um, he was required to take a high-level conditioning test that would determine whether he would pass or fail out of the program. Now, Yevgeny loves acrogymnastics as much as I do, so he spent months before the test training his butt off. He failed it. His coach told him, you're not strong enough, but I see something in your eyes, so go out and try again. So Yevgeny came back, and he tried even harder. He came to the gym early, and he left late. The test came around again. He took it. He failed it again. His coach told him, the rules say you failed. You're not good enough. But the thing is, I still see something in your eyes. So I want to give you one last chance. Yevgeny came back, and he poured every ounce of determination in his body into that training. And the third time around when the test came, and he took it, and he failed, and he passed it, excuse me, he saw that his coach had been right about him, and there was no happier acrobat on the planet than he was. Yevgeny went on to become a five-time world champion. He's a hero of mine in my sport. And when my father, Don Van Loo, helped him and his family move to America, he went on to coach Carly Patterson, win the all-around Olympic gold medal in gymnastics. Yevgeny Marchenko was not good enough. Until he was. <laughs> that's great. Oh, anyhow, that's I like my that. story of Yevgeny. <laughs> yeah. I love stuff like that. It's really helpful. It's really important, isn't it? You know, because yeah. uh, we're, we're our own worst enemies a lot of the time. It's our own mind and emotions we're really battling against, isn't it? You know? um, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that stuff. Um, you've, got, you've got products. You've got uh, DVDs which teach. Yeah. What do they teach? Tell us. 
they, they teach circus artistry. They teach everything from juggling to static trapeze to cordelis, which is the aerial rope act, to tumbling and sports acrobatics, the partnering acrobatics. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's called Secrets of the Circus, and they're on my website, just christinevanloo.com. Yeah, really great. Um, what would you have done differently if you could, you know, go back to, you know, the right at the start your, of your career? Um, what would you say to your younger self? Um, I think I maybe would have started earlier, that's all. Because I spent five years between com- competing and performing where I was just teaching. And when I say teaching, I taught everything. I taught gymnastics, dance, aerobics, acrobatics, stretch classes. Um, and I do enjoy teaching, but I really missed performing at that time. I didn't actually know that this life was even – that there was a possibility of this life that it even existed. So I kind of spent five years lost and I really wish I would have just finished competing and then performed right away. Cause I love this life so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious Were your parents, they must've been a, played a big role in um, getting you involved with all these activities in the first place. Yeah, they, um, well, they definitely signed me up into the sport and they were never pushy. Like I never felt pressured to do anything. It was always my choice. They were just super supportive. So, and they're always giving me different opportunities to try creative things. And yeah, Mm. absolutely. So what do you want to say to our listeners just before we start um, wrapping Mm -hmm. up? Do you have any final thoughts, either of encouragement or motivation or training tips or really anything? Yeah, um, I guess I would have to say that try to follow your emotional GPS, your passion. Like whenever you feel excited about something, Use that as your guidance system and go toward that thing. Because if you can find the things in your life that you're happy to do, whether you're making money from them, hopefully you are, but whether you're making money from them or not, I mean, that's the whole purpose of life. You need to be having fun and enjoying yourself. And so many of us do this work that we hate and, and then, you know, complain about it. But there's so many wonderful things in the world that we can do. And if we just follow our passion, I think you'll be fine lovely that's really that's really nice thank you just before we wrap up so your website yeah. is christinevanloo.com yeah i have two websites actually i have christinevanloo.com spelled c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-e-v-a-n-l-o-o.com and i have airborne arts born is spelled with an e at the end so airbornearts.com and that's our retreat center in costa rica all right so if people are curious about coming to uh, train yeah. with you there they can go to that website yeah. That's wonderful. Or just come and go on adventures too. You don't even have to train if you don't feel like it. Just right. come and have fun. <laughs> well, I don't know when I'll get out there, but who knows? I think, you know, you never know. One day anything's possible. Thoughts become things. Right. Maybe I'll see you one day out there. Um, we'll Maybe see I'll how see it goes. I'll see you in England. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever visit England? Yeah, I do. Oh. I, I was there. Well, I was there right before the Olympics, so it's been a few years, but yeah. Okay. It's been really (laughs) nice talking to you. I'm really excited for the life and the lifestyle that you've created for yourself. It gives us all something to aim for. Um, so we appreciate that. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look a little bit cl- more closely at the training programs you've got available uh, down there at your training center. So um, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Bye for now. Take care. Bye. Bye.